today, our new series that we're starting is called The Light Has Come. The Light Has Come. And uh, it is Christmas season. I can't believe it. Um, I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving. I did. I blew stuff up. Um, every Thanksgiving, we get the guns out. We get like you know, we just, we just blow through ammo. And so it's super fun. I don't know why that's our tradition, but, but it is. Um, and, uh, you know, there, I mean, there was no turkeys injured in this. Um, there was just, it was just targets and lead that just, uh, went to pieces. So a lot of fun. But today, as we, uh, as we begin this, 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 this Christmas season, um, it's always important for us to remember why Jesus came. And when we remember and we begin to think about why Jesus came, you know, for, for me, um, I, I, can, I can look and I can start, you know, at his birth and I can see how there was, you know, like there was all this expectation of, of why he was coming, even for the Jews, like, you know, the, the religious people of that day, they were trying to figure out why Jesus and is this the person? Is, is he the, 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 the one? And is he going to bring me prosperity here? I mean, there was that expectation that was coming. But what we see um, ultimately is that he was building a kingdom. He came to build a kingdom. And that kingdom, Scripture says, was a kingdom that wasn't of this world. And, um, and so it was, a, it was a heavenly kingdom. And so we're going to be talking about that through this series. We're going to talk about the kingdom but ultimately this kingdom that's defined by light. When you begin reading in Scripture, there's a major contrast that we see in the first five verses of the Bible. Okay, there was nothing, then there was something, all right? And there was, there was God present in the midst of that. But the first thing that God created um, on day one, he created light. And it says he separated the light from darkness. This contrast of light and darkness would be a contrast that we see throughout Scripture. And especially the writer John um, one of Jesus' disciples, he loves that contrast. And so we see a lot of that. But what we see with this contrast is that there is ultimately a kingdom of light and there's a kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of light is marked by truth. It's where Jesus reigns. It's where there's freedom and there's hope. And in the kingdom of darkness is where sin reigns. Sin is the master in the kingdom of darkness. We're slaves to sin. There's fear. There is death. It is a nasty place. But as we think about these two things, I want to just start with just like a practical uh, just view of light. Okay. Now, imagine for a moment you wake up and you go to grab your phone and it's not on. There's no light coming from it. You can't see anything in the room. There's nothing coming through the window. You go outside and it's pitch black dark. Okay. Imagine if that happened, what life would be like. Now, just... Seriously, like scientifically, what would happen if there was no light? What would happen to life? It would, it would die. It would cease. Like there's a reason that God created light first. is because light was necessary to sustain life. There's a reason that the plants didn't come before light. Light came first because that's what the plants need. So we just start planting it out. You know, oxygen is, is, is depleted. You know, there, there's no food source for, I mean, there's, it just, it, it ends very, very quickly if there's no light. But the other thing that happens to our eye, um, I, I was at a cave one time and we were on a tour in the cave and they took us to this, this place that was literally pitch black dark and they said, you can't stay in here long because if you were to stay in here for, for uh, you know, uh, just a significant amount of time, um, I don't know how long it actually takes, but 
they said you would actually become blind because the eye has to have light in order to function. And the longer you sit in darkness, you, you become blind. You can actually blind yourself by not having light present. And so light is absolutely necessary from a very physical standpoint for life to exist. And what we see in Scripture is that light is also absolutely necessary for our spiritual life to exist as well. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today and specifically how the light brings freedom. So let's begin today in John chapter 1. Verse 1, and this is the Gospel of John. John 1 1 says this In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. All right, so let's think about this for a moment. He's saying, He's communicating to us something massive about Jesus, okay? When we open our Bible and we read that in the beginning God created, we first think, well, okay, just this is, this is just God in general. We don't really think about the fact that God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all there present in creation. But John is saying, yes, he, he was. And so in the beginning was the Word. This reference to the Word um, Anybody that was listening to this, this uh, or reading this book of John in the time that it was written would have associated the word, whether they were Jew or they were Greek, they would have associated the word to God's revelation to mankind. And so what it's saying in here is that Jesus is God revealing himself to us. So we talk about Jesus coming in the flesh. We talk about God, you know, putting on skin and bones and walking among us. But that's really what the writer John is talking about here is that when Jesus came to earth, all right, he came here as God and God revealing everything about himself to us in a human form. All right. So that's what it means that he is the word. But he also says this in him was life and the life was the light of men. Again, what happens when light is not present? There's death. But when the light comes, there is life. And that is the example we have here with Jesus. And so this is all pointing to this one point that Jesus has come to bring life giving truth that sets us free. And that's his purpose. That's why Jesus came. He came to bring freedom to us, to set sinners free. And so today, that's what we're going to continue to, to really peel apart and look at what it means to be free. Because the reality is this. The reality is that a lot of times we can, we can really mess up this, this view of what freedom is. The reality is, is that we do not like the idea of having a king or having an authority. And for many of us, freedom means that I get to be my own king. That I get to do my own thing. But when we read scripture, what freedom actually is, is freedom from sin. Later on in this same gospel of John, as we, you know, you can fast forward in there. What, what you see is that Jesus says, abide in my word. You're going to be filled with truth and the truth will set you free. But he says, on the other hand, if you practice sin, you will be a slave to sin. So the contrast here is that in this kingdom of light, there is freedom. But in this kingdom of darkness where sin reigns, there is slavery to it. And so the freedom that Jesus gives us, 
is this freedom to not have or for sin to have no dominion over us anymore. It's a freedom to not be slaves anymore. It's a freedom to actually be able to reject sin and not be bound by its power. Because the payment for sin, right, the wages of sin is death. And so the freedom that we have is this freedom that we get to live our life without fear of death because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. So we talk about good news all the time, but this good news comes to the fact that your sin is not held against you anymore. So um, like I said on Thanksgiving, I blew some stuff up. I actually took a picture of one of my targets, though, and I got it for you here. So, um, so, so uh, if you want to throw up that picture of, um, yeah, of the target. So there's, and there's a reason for this. I'm not, this is, by the way, this is nothing to brag about. Um, but here's the deal. So, so I, got, I, got this, I got this new rifle, right, and I'm sighting it in, planning for a hunting trip. And first two shots were these far right here. That's first two, okay? So my first two shots, I go and I and I, I make these shots, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, that's that's not good. Like I I want to be like my goal was to be five eighths of an inch high um, off that center dot there. That was my goal. All right. So I got a new gun, new scope, and that was that was where I was at. So what I started doing is I I went to a source of truth. Okay. I started making calculations. Now, here on this particular target, it's actually got some, uh, some cool things to help you if you're shooting a handgun. I was not. But, um, but, but here's, here's, the, here's the whole point. I went back, and I came back to a reference point, and I began to calibrate my scope so that I could hit the bullseye again. So I go, and I, I take another set of shots. And eventually, 20 shots later, um, I actually hit the mark that I was aiming for. All right? And so the, the point of, of this is that whenever we begin to think about freedom and we think about sin, the word sin means to miss the mark, okay? So imagine that we are aiming for something in our trajectory, like, like it's what we're going for, um, and, and we keep missing it. Um, that, that, is, that is sin, okay? But more specifically, though, sin is something that happens in the darkness, as Scripture says, but when there is light... Here's the big thing. When there's light, you actually can see the target, all right? You turn the light out, and, and then you try to sight your rifle, and you try to hit that mark. You're not even going to hit the target. So one of the most essential things that happens in order for us to hit the target that, that we are aiming at is that we actually have light. The other thing is, is that where do we see that freedom comes from? Freedom comes from truth. Truth is, again, something that comes from the light. It comes from Jesus. And that's why it was necessary that I had a reference point to continue to come back to. And in our life, that is, that is honestly what our life as Christ followers looks like a lot. And so we're gonna, we'll come back to this reference in a minute. But here's the, here's the thing that, that I'm at today when I, when I begin to think about what God started showing me. God started showing me in my life, man, like, listen, I've freed you from this, though. I've freed you from this scorecard, even. Because we get so proud of this scorecard in our life, right? We're like, hey, look, shot 20, I hit it. I hit it. Look at me, God. Look at what I can do. Look at my shots. Man, look, look, I was in the green. Man, those are all kill shots. Like, I, look at me, God. God says, listen, man, it's not your righteousness, right? It's not your goodness. It's mine. And he says, man, I'm going to give you a clean scorecard. It hits the bullseye every single time. 
And so when we talk about freedom today, um, one of my fears in the church is this, is that, that, that sometimes we, we, can, we can abuse our freedom, you know? Now, there was a struggle in the New Testament church. If you could read through the New Testament letters, you're going to see this struggle. The struggle was that there was a group of religious people that were very, very proud of themselves. And they were so proud of how they kept the law, but they missed Jesus. They missed the fact that they were actually flawed. Then there was another group of people, though, that received Jesus, received his salvation, and says, hey, I can do whatever I want to do because I've got grace. And what the Bible does is it brings us to this center point where it says this, where it says, okay, hang on, both of you all are, are missing this. The point of salvation is that you are not bound by the chains of sin anymore. For that reason, you have every bit of freedom now to experience God. You have every bit of freedom now to walk with Jesus. You have every bit of freedom now to experience the light. And that should compel you to have no desire for sin anymore and have every desire to do the Lord's work. And so that's what Scripture is bringing us to. And one of my favorite passages that really funnels this down for us and helps us focus on this um, it comes from the... Uh, uh, the letter of First John. So, if you want to now, if you want to go ahead and turn to First John, here's the deal. If, if just a little Bible lesson. So, so the same author that wrote John wrote First John, and so he's got this full account of Jesus's life in in John. Um, and and really, the the focal point of John is that Jesus gives life, and then he gives us these little sermons on it in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. So it's kind of going to be a summary of the whole book. Um, and so if you're like me, I love the Cliff Notes version of things, you know, and, uh, and that's like how I made it through middle school was Cliff Notes and, and uh, high school too. So um, I didn't start reading until like I was 25, but anyway, um, and sorry if that, um, if that, you know, kind of affects our, our study today, but I have read this book, um, and, um, and so as we're reading 1 John, just know this, just know that 1 John is going to give us like this, this little snapshot overview of everything he's communicating in, um, in John. So 1 John 1, 1 through 10, we're going to start, and we're just going to take this a few verses at a time. Here's what he says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testified to it and proclaimed to you eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. Okay? So now, what does this mean? Okay? It looks very similar to the intro to John that we just read. All right? But here's the, the point that we see here. Okay? John is saying, listen, we've seen him. We've touched him. Like, we've experienced life with him. We've hung out with him. But that all came because the light came to us and revealed himself. And so today as we think about being free from sin, okay, I want to talk about four things that it actually frees us to in our life. So because you're free from sin, here's what your experience is now. And this is a reminder for us because I think so many times we can, again, we can go through our days 
And we can get so caught up in our old way. We can get caught up either in the side of performance where we're overperforming things, trying to get God to like us when he's already cleared our scorecard and given us, given us like a perfect one, right? So we, we, can, we can be that person or we can, on the other hand, we can be this person who's like, dude, I'm just living it up today and I don't even care. The point of First John, the point of this text here. As you see, like if you get into the next chapter, it says, I'm writing these things to you so you don't sin. Writing these things to you so, so that you, you don't live in darkness. That's the whole point of this. And then he gives us this great comfort. But if you do, but if you do sin, when you do feel, guess what? You got an advocate. You got somebody pleading for you. You got somebody taking care of you. So our fear in our life then is not that, oh goodness, I, I sinned again. The, the, the point and the aim is, man, I am pursuing God and I'm pursuing his light. And in that, as I pursue his light, where he is at, his realm, you naturally miss sin. Think about this. Driving down the road, all right? How many of y'all run off the road a lot? Okay, so maybe that's just me, all right? So I run off the road. I get distracted, right? Um, like this morning, I drilled a pothole. Like Jay called me on the way to church. And uh, by the way, he's traveling today and pray he doesn't run off the road. Um, um, so, but, but we're, we're kind of, we're people that can run off the road. You know, we get distracted. Um, so I'm like, I'm talking and I'm sitting there and, and I'm like crossing lanes and I like drill this pothole, you know. And Danielle's so mad at me because I've already blown out one tire this year on a pothole. And um, like Cayman Island stories. Hey, so in the Cayman Islands, no joke, right? This is fun. Um, I, um, I don't know why I'm thinking about this right now, but so we had these massive crabs that had these really like ferocious shells. Um, and I don't know, I, I, think, I think the first year I was there, I went through like four or five tires where I kept running over these things. And, um, and you know, not because I ran off the road because they were done living. Um, and so, but it happened. And, um, but, but the point is, is that when we, when we start tracking down the road, right? You learn this at an, at an early age, like riding your bike, like, Wherever your head is pointed is where you're going to go. Like, let me just tell you this. Wherever you're focused on in your life, that's where you're going to go. That's, that's what you're going to hit. And here's the thing. If you're going down the road and, and you're like, you're, you're driving down the road and you're pursuing your, you know, you're, you're not going to veer off the road. That's why, that's why we have these wonderful laws, you know, of, of like hands-free stuff and, and, and not looking at a device and all this stuff, which I don't understand why they put touchscreens in the new Toyotas either. I just, that, that's kind of weird for me because that's really distracting to me too, and I want to play with it, and I got to drive, right? But every time you start looking down, like there's so many automobile accidents every year because you look down and you look away and you veer off the road, and let me tell you something, that's, like, that's what sin does in our life. Like when you're aiming at sin and you're pursuing it, like when you got to have it, you want it, let me tell you, you're going to hit it. You're going to get it. But on the other side, man, when you're pursuing his light and you're going that way, you might trip up every once in a while, but your overall trajectory is towards the light and you are, like you're going to be golden there. You don't need to worry about those things, but pursue, pursue him and his light. And let me tell you something, your course is going to head that way. It's, it's got to. Like, I love these directional instructions that Jesus gives us, like repent. Repent is this 180 turn that we take from this lifestyle of darkness into his light. And again, it's being locked and loaded on that one thing and pursuing it. And that's what he's telling us here. So the first thing we see, though, let's go back here. We've experienced God here. 
that which we have heard, we have seen with our eyes, we have looked upon and touched with our hands. Okay, because the light of the world came, here's point number one. The light brings freedom to experience God. The light brings freedom to experience God. Now, we continue to read through 1 John. I love this passage. Continue to read through it. Okay, verse 3 says this. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be made complete. All right, there's great joy. They're tracking, they're pursuing the light. They're living in their freedom here. Okay, but what is it compelled them to do? That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also. So the second thing that the light frees us to do is to share the good news. Like when you were in darkness, you didn't even know what the good news was. When you were in darkness, the Bible actually says when we're in darkness, we can't even see God. Like we don't experience him, we don't know him. But then you come to know Jesus and all of a sudden you start seeing God in everything. Right? You're like, Dad, like, like I can't imagine if Dad didn't know Jesus and he goes to this time where he's at, right? But, but he goes through this challenging time. He's in the wilderness on a boat, which is a great place to experience God, right? But there's a lot of people out on boats, you know, on Sunday mornings that don't have an experience of God because they're in darkness. They don't know Jesus. But for us that know Jesus, we begin to see him. We begin to experience him. But then we also realize that, I mean, there's great news that we can actually escape this darkness. We can escape this slavery of sin. We can actually know freedom. Man, the greatest freedom is to lay down on your pillow at night and know that, man, your soul's been taken care of. And there's not a record of right and wrong for your day. There's not this record of, oh, TC did this, 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 this. And he's got to make up all that tomorrow. No makeup work in the kingdom, right? You don't have to. You got a clean scorecard. Point three, though. Point three is the light brings freedom to be a part of a family. Look at what Scripture says, verse 5. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. Now get this, and if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' his Son cleanses us from all sin. In other words, we're tracking straight. We're pursuing the light. Guess what? Everybody else that's pursuing the light, too, they become our family. So the light brings freedom to be a part of a family. Outside of the light, in the darkness, guess what happens? In this realm of darkness, where sin controls, sin does not want you to have a family. Sin does not want you to share your struggles with other people. See, the reality is, is in darkness, what sin wants you to do is feel isolated all alone, like you're the only person that's actually struggling with this. And even when sin creeps back up for the Christ follower, he likes to shame you, bring guilt over you, and says, man, don't you, don't you even bring that up at Life Group. Don't even bring that up at Life Group. Don't even call your friend and start talking to them about this, because they're going I mean, they're, they're to shame you too. You need to be embarrassed for this. And so, so it's just this nasty thing that sin does. And then when you're all alone late at night, it brings you right back around and says, do you want some more? Don't you want some more of this? And so there's this cycle of isolation that comes in the darkness. But there's this beauty, beautiful thing called the church, right? Fellowship, right? That's what fellowship means is family. 
It's a family united around the same thing. Man, we're united in the light. So everybody that's in the light, man, we're family. Everybody that's experienced Jesus is family. And so as we continue in this, verse 8 says this, If we say we have no sin, though we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now talking to Christians, talking to the church today, he sits here and he says, listen, if, you, if you're going to claim that you're sinless, that you're perfect, that's off. But yet we can still be in the light and be at this place, though, where, where we're not perfect. And it's kind of this really crazy thing as we're reading through this text when we see this because he's given this contrast of light and darkness. We understand what the light is. That's the realm where Jesus is the master and the darkness is the place where sin is the master. But if we're going to be restored in the light and the fellowship's going to be restored with others, what he says here. He says, if we confess our sins, guess what God's going to be faithful to do? He's going to be faithful and just to forgive our sins. And so the fourth thing this morning is this. The light brings freedom to see ourselves as Jesus does. The light brings freedom to see ourselves as Jesus does. And he gives us the truth to do that. Again, how do, we, how do we receive freedom? The Bible says it's by truth. The truth sets you free. Who's the truth? Jesus. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's all within this realm of light that we're talking about today. So we begin to process this. All right, so I can experience God in the light. That's not anything I could do apart from the light. But in the light, I'm free to experience God. The good news has brought me into that. So I'm free to not only experience the good news, but i got to say something about the good news. But we build on that. Not only am, am, I, am I free to share the good news, but now I'm free to do this with a family. I got fellowship with other people as I'm in the light. But then the fourth thing, I'm free to see myself honestly. And honestly, I'm not perfect. Honestly, I'm sinful, and that's cool. Right, that like we've got to understand the fact that for us to realize our sin is not a bad thing. We don't like to talk about sin a lot in the church. We don't like to talk about the punishment for sin and being separated from God for eternity. But at the same time, in order for us to accept the good news, there has to be this realization that there's bad news too. So just the fact that you have an awareness of your sin. It's not a bad thing, church. And I know a lot of, of people, and I've counseled a lot of people throughout the years, that all they see, though, is their sin. That, that's the part we've got to be careful of because that's where the enemy wants to come in and spread lies because he wants to take part of Scripture and not give you the whole truth. He wants you to get to the half-truth. The half-truth is that we are sinful people, but the whole truth about our sin is that there is grace and there is forgiveness in Jesus and that he takes that sin and he washes it away and it's never a problem again. And yes, you might be tempted to go back that way, but guess what? Like I said, he's given you a new scorecard. He's given you a new one. And I just, I just want you guys to see that today. If there's, if there's anything I can leave with you today, man, my, my heart for you all is this. 
is that you understand that in the darkness, you can't even see yourself. Like you really don't even know it's that bad. Like you really don't even know it's like you're, you're that sick. And you just beat up, you're beat down. You come to the light, it starts to expose things. In the light, you start to realize, whoa, I was flawed, like I was filthy. Like I don't know about you guys, but now in Christ, in the light, when I think about my past, I'm like, good night, I was awful. But in, the, in that season, I didn't think I was that bad at all. I thought it was pretty good. Like when I was 17 years old, I thought that 17-year-old TC was about as good as you could get. I look back now, and that was my worst year of my life. The, the reality is, is, as we step into the light, though, the other thing that God gives, gives us a clear vision to see is that, man, he's redeemed that. Like, he's bought that back. And that filthy person, man, that, that, that shell of you that was awful, that was nasty, that was so just, just gross, right? Like, it was just, it was filthy. It was broken. Like, there was no hope. Like, he's taken that, and he's made you brand new. And now when I look in the mirror, all I see is this blinding light of Jesus that he's washed me. He's made me clean. He's made us new. And he's given me fellowship with him. Like, I actually have access to him now. Like, I can actually hang with God. Like, I couldn't in my filth, but he made me new. He gave me new clothes, right? And now I'm sitting here with God, and I actually can have relationship with him. And so sin now is something that's filthy to me. Like, I hate it. I don't want it. Like, when I trip and I stumble, when I run off the road, right, when I hit a mailbox, I'm like, good night. I can't believe that. Before I knew Jesus, man, life was smashing mailboxes, right? It was staying off the road. It was, it was rebelling against that. But in Christ, man, we, we have this, this compelling desire to, to run hard after Jesus. And so sin now for the Christ follower. Sin, something's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's happened for me this week, man. Like, like sin is, is things that is going to happen as life plays out, right? You will fall. But the difference now, for those of you that are in Christ, the Bible says if you confess him as Lord, right? Believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. There's that confession that Jesus is Lord. You will be saved. Here, again, we're reminded of that. If you confess your sin, man, guess what? He's faithful and just to forgive him. He's quick. It happens. Boom. Forgiven. But that also means that it's done for eternity. And that's sin from here on. And this is where we, this is where we tend to mess it up. It's so good, guys. Grace is so good because you don't earn it. It's so good. It's so good that even if you do mess up from here on out, there is still grace to cover you. It doesn't need to be your habit. It doesn't need to be your pattern. Your trajectory needs to be light. But even when we do fall, even when we're not faithful, guess what Scripture says? Man, He's still going to remain faithful because He's not going to deny Himself. He's going to continue to be faithful. And when Jesus does something, He does it good. He does it right. When He saves us, He saves us right. He doesn't save us so you got to save again and again and again. No, He covers you for eternity. Church, be comforted in that today. Be comforted in that when you fall. His grace is sufficient, man. Even when you mess up. I love this, man. You cannot lose your salvation because you didn't earn it. 
You didn't work for it. It was given to you as a free gift. But that compels us all the more to run after the light. Like We're free to actually run after Jesus and worship him. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to celebrate our freedom that we have today. We're going to celebrate it. We're going to press forward in it. So this morning, if the light has shown something to you, if it exposed something to do, if you want to talk about something, I'm going to be hanging out right here. If you want to talk about meeting Jesus, or if you're just, if there is some pattern of sin in your life that you just want to confess and you need to let go of and drop, and you want to talk about that, let's go. Let's leave it at the altar. For the rest of us, let's celebrate our freedom today. God, I thank you for the freedom of knowing you. God, I thank you that you've saved us. And I thank you that that salvation, God, is, uh, is light to us. God, as you came into our world, you came to redeem us, to buy us back. What sin stole, God, you came to take back. And, and there's nothing that can overcome it. God, your word says the darkness does not overcome the light. So God, in you now, in your light, there's nothing that the enemy can do to take us away. There's no sin that we can commit, God, in the light, God, that's going to pull us away from you because you've redeemed us, God. May we exist in your sufficient grace and may that drive us to not sin. May that drive us to holiness, to do the things you've called us to do. God, may it drive us to love you. May your goodness drive us to experience you, God. And we're grateful for your salvation. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing this together.